0: Welcome to Oregon Rooted, I'm Higher Peaks, and this is Lady Sativa, you're listening to The Dirt Show, where we bring you Oregon's cannabis culture. here with chris ford phd lab director for pinnacle analytics also got a special appearance by local smoke radio andrew what's up guys thanks for being on the show
1: thanks for having us thank you for having us all right
0: and if just so anybody knows uh you know these guys are part of the community down here uh uh you were affected by the fires Yeah, yeah, we're you were close to uh, Talent Health Club, actually, right?
2: Yeah. So uh, (laughs) this whole year has been a shit show for a lot of people. Sure. Um, It's been a particular shit show for uh, trying to start a new business. (laughs) So we actually um, started back in 2020 and then we got our license uh, for doing R&D in January. But then it took just for OLC delays. It took until end of August for us to get our final license to be able to start doing compliance testing. So we actually had three weeks of like full license operation and we were on bear Creek.
0: Okay. So you're so, right there by the fires.
2: Yeah. So I was uh, away that day and I didn't even have time to like get back. They just closed off the roads and I went and, um, like went to a cafe and met with, uh, uh, one of my chemists and we were watching the, uh, footage of yeah. our rear security cameras I was like oh like maybe we can check, check it out maybe it's okay nope we pulled it up and then there was fire just right there at the door and then the cameras <laughs> cut out and that's all I saw and I was like and that okay, was it that's it yeah
0: yeah all I remember is getting a call from my wife and she she says there's a fire back there and I'm like don't worry about it it's all concrete next thing you
2: know everything's just yeah it was just amazing. that was the windiest day that I'd ever experienced out here too like yeah. that was wild so Crazy. But then the nice thing is because we had been operating for three weeks, uh, we had insurance. Okay. So, so you're OK. Yeah. It, it, didn't cover, it didn't cover all of our capital, but it did cover <laughs> enough that we were able to take another shot at the lab. And yeah. um, so that's where we're excited to be up and running as of January. Um, fully licensed again. We probably hit like some kind of new state record for getting sequential OCC licenses. Sure. Because <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's like a five month turnaround almost. Yeah. And um, I do want to say like that they were very accommodating for that. Yeah. Um, Labs are kind of unique that we get treated special (laughs) by the OCC. Oh, by, okay. When it comes to licensing, we have our own line. Sure. And because they heard what happened to us, they were able to expedite things.
0: Sure, sure, sure. So So let's get right into it. For the listeners that don't know how testing works, can you you kind of explain it uh, in some sort of layman's terms so that people understand? Yeah. People Um, like me. (laughs)
2: so if I was talking to someone that just was outside the cannabis industry I would say like you know just like all of your produce at the grocery store is tested for certain safety things like that you don't want to be shipping stuff or the the grocer doesn't also want to be buying things that have like fungus or like uh, illegal pesticides um, things like that and because cannabis is smoked obviously we're concerned about those same health issues sure Um, the most uh, like popular test is potency and that's kind of an analogy between like a beer and uh your weed right like you want to know how strong this thing will be before right. you consume it sure um so there's uh state regulated uh tests that like i said for safety issues it's like the pesticides or uh, microbes which is kind of a smaller thing here um residual solvents or extracts uh, water activity and moisture content which is more just like shelf life measurements okay and then um the last one which is potency which is also a uh, less of a safety thing, more of a consumer thing, but also it's a regulatory thing because we have to differentiate between hemp and cannabis. Yeah. Um, and we will test for both markets. We'll test for hemp and uh, for the marijuana market. Okay. And, um, it's kind of, uh, interesting cause we have to navigate the ODA because of hemp. We have to navigate the OCC because <laughs> right. of uh, the right. uh, recreational side. Sure. And then we also have to also have to navigate our own um, accrediting bodies, which is the Oregon Health Authority, because, again, this is all coming from a attitude of like health because it originated in the medical program years Mm -hmm. ago.
0: Right, right, right.
2: So, yeah, those are the basic suite of tests. You have potency, pesticides, water activity, moisture content, and that basically ends it for flour. But then when you have extracts, you have to also test for residual solvents to make sure that the person that didn't say an extract with ethanol they evaporate everything off before they turn into an edible or something like that.
0: Right, so now how do you actually do the testing?
2: Right, so it's kind of funny. Um, All of those different tests, they require, like the big one, we'll only be concerned with the big ones of um, like potency, pesticides, and and solvents, and then terpenes. They're all done in a very similar technology. And it's all based on, uh, chromatography is the technical term. But if you really just think about it, like. When I'm testing potency, I have a suite of cannabinoids that are in this flower. I don't know what it is yet. I, I'm i assuming that the farmer told me that like, he did get good seeds and he actually has hemp. <laughs> right? But um, I need to be able to separate that CBD and THC, right. fundamentally, CBDA and THCA. Um, okay. So what we do first is we extract it. And it looks similar to what people normally do. Like You use a solvent, you uh, homogenize everything, and then you uh, take that solvent after you've it through that material, let it uh, agitate for a bit. You know that you've pretty much dissolved all the cannabinoids into your solution. I see. And then you filter it, and then we basically inject it into a filter. So a very fancy filter, Filter. that's where the chromatography term comes from. It, it stands for color column. Um, it's like a Russian root word. Uh-huh. But um, <laughs> if you think about it, like I now have two uh, analytes that I need to separate somehow. So, this filter doesn't work like a rice THC strainer. THC and CBD. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, this filter doesn't work like a rice strainer. <clears throat> it more works like uh, a friction filter. So, they'll both come through eventually, but they'll come through at different rates. I see. So, what will happen is, say, uh, CBDA will come out first. And mm. I'll know, like, oh, once I did the injection, two minutes later, I see a uh, dip in my signal. So, then eight minutes later, I might see a dip in my signal. I'll know that that was THCA because I had bought a standard from a, another like, highly accredited lab that isn't even like a testing lab here. They're, uh, they have like a national standard. Great. And so I'll know from them like, oh yeah, you guys gave me THCA and that's why my standard came out at eight minutes. That's why I know THCA is coming out at eight minutes for this too. And the funny thing is it's the, it's the same if it was uh, residual solvents or pesticide testing also. It's all just based on chromatography. And all that changes is that you're changing your signal detection system. So for potency, we basically just have a fancy flashlight. We have a UV light and we'll see a dip in signal because cannabinoids will absorb light. And if I see a tiny dip in signal for CBDA, and then a huge dip in signal for THCA, I know I have weed. And it's all relative to what I calibrated against. Again, I had a like highly reliable standard. I say that in air quotes because unfortunately, there's like three providers and if you buy one standard and then compare it to another one, you might not actually get the same result, even though they're supposed to be pure, pure standards. And it's it's not as much variation as you'll see across labs for uh, one potency test for like Bud, but um, it is enough that it's like, those things can still be improved within the industry. So what you're
1: pointing to, we'll note here, is our first uh, step we need to take towards some sort of standardization across the industry because everybody's always complaining, right? This lab tests this, this lab tests that, and people, I mean, at least at that level, don't even have to necessarily have the same... Companies, Analyte, which you're telling us could test different. So there's one place
2: where they already start to diverge in how their right. test and the, results will show up. And these things multiply on each other. So like, and it's not that much divergence. Like I would, I would estimate across all of them, it would probably <laughs> be one to two percent relative to what they gave you. So they sure. might, they might say this is 500 ppm. And it's 505. Okay. Um, but the funny thing is that like fundamentally, I'm relying on them. Like I, there is no device that can say, uh, it's not like pulling out a microscope and then saying, Hey, there is my THCA molecule. Um, you have to, in order to run at scale, you have to be able to have a standard that you're reliant on. And I always laugh about this because like, as a scientist, sometimes I had, I kind of step, take a step back after I've like smoked (laughs) and I'll, (laughs) I'll think like, you know, I'm doing something that's highly technical and like, I have all these fancy degrees, but like, fundamentally i'm still just a monkey comparing my rock to another monkey's rock okay and uh and that kind of makes you start like questioning all of society cuz like if you my favorite example is like what is a kilogram it's it's a mass mm-hmm. but how do we compare that mass right and what we've done historically is we compare the standard kilogram that's in europe to our kilogram and sure. we actually have the united states kilogram oh wow but the trouble is that the kilogram was first standardized before we knew all of the uh, science behind radioactivity and stuff, and it was just a lump of iron. Sure. So it was actually decaying over time. Oh, I get you. Yeah. It was losing weight. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and so the standard was drifting. Just standard. Yeah. And um and it all comes down to how many uh like decimal places you want, but we do care about precision because again these errors stack on each other, and this is just something as basic as what is a kilogram. Right. And so what they're doing now is they're trying to make a perfect sphere of silicon because we can make that very, very, very pure. That's, I see. That's the entirety of the um, semiconductor industry, mm-hmm. computer chips. Um, and so what they're trying to do is make a perfect sphere because they know if they make it a certain dimension, then it'll be theoretically a perfect kilogram okay. to high, high, high level precision. And it won't degrade over time. But what's really funny is that you would think like, OK, how do we make like a perfect sphere? And you think like, OK, like mechanical polishers, maybe some laser systems there's actually a guy that polishes by hand and he makes the final decision of like how spherical this is. Oh, wow. Cause he's been doing it. He's like a master craftsman like with the micrometer or whatever. Uh, um, I mean, they, use, do- they use laser systems to make the measurement. Okay. Okay. But, um, he's actually more accurate than like mechanical polishers and <laughs> the, the scientists that have to work with him and, uh, they say that he has atomic feel cause he'll actually get down to like the nanometer level. Wow. In terms of accuracy. So like they, when they have this thing finished, the, it'll be like, um, I'm trying to remember the exact analogy, but it would be like if the sphere was the earth mm-hmm. and the thing's only, it's gonna be like smaller than a basketball. Right. But if you blew that sphere up to the size of the earth, there would be no divot that's bigger than a foot. Wow. That's how smooth it would be. Jeez. And that's what they're going for. And they're still working on it. Wow. Yeah.
0: Well, and that's a big thing with the testing is, is like you said, Andrew, is like, uh, you know, what standard are you going against? What is the variation? Um, people are concerned about that. Yep. And I think they get more concerned now because, as you guys know, we're seeing like 28, 29, 30%. I was reading
1: an article from Leafly. I was just looking up testing and stuff uh-huh. today.
0: Oregon hit a 40 percent last year. <laughs> yeah. So I think people start <laughs> – I think once you get to that level, people start to like want – You know, people are like, oh, really? Are you serious? Is that real? Yeah. You should test it somewhere else. You know what I mean? Yeah.
2: And so like um, that. So there's a question of like the calibration standards, which we can put that aside for now and call it one to two percent. Worst case scenario. Um, There is the standard of what it takes to become a lab. So when I'm applying for my accreditation, uh, I get an inspection and then I also have to pass a test. So I actually get a a known sample from another lab that's they actually happen to be in Colorado. And they'll send me something that they prepared of like a mixture of hemp and cannabis because uh they're concerned about compliance for both. And I'll have to get accredited for the THCA, the THC, C B D A, and C B D. Okay. And what happens is they know like, okay, it's a blind test. Like I know what the potency is, you don't. Um test it in your normal procedure and then report the results. And can you guess like what like it can't it can't be that it was percent and you have to hit 5.0000 mm-hmm. right right but do you know like what would you hope that the acceptance criteria would sure. be? sure sure it's actually plus or minus 20 okay. percent relative so uh to make it easier we'll talk about a 10 percent uh being the correct answer okay. that means that the correct answer would also be 8.01 or 11.99 okay And that seems reasonable until you consider that if they're both correct, then you divide them by each other. That's like 12 divided by 8, which is a difference of 1.5. Like, I wouldn't want to go buy whiskey (laughs) that is like either 100 proof or 150 proof. There you go. And it's also both. Like Yeah. um, So that is something that is tightening, and I could see that shrinking down over time. Um, I think that originally, when they first started the program, it was 30%. Which is just outrageous. Yeah. I could be wrong wow. about that because um, I wasn't that around is, for that. Yeah. But um, that kind of shows why you have some variation between the labs. And the the thing is that, like, obviously, I know, I understand from like the canvas recreational side, if you, like, that's your selling point, right? Sure. You need a high potency. Right. But then on the other side, um, you, have the hemp, you have the hemp farmer. Legal. And they don't want a higher THC result. Yeah. Uh, so, right, right. So, like, either. <laughs> I mean, I don't want to like throw accusations, but like you hear about labs getting shut down um, for fraudulent results, right? Right. And our perspective is like, look, we just want to nail it. Like, we just want to get as close as we can to that proficiency test that's from the state, because I'm not stealing from, was it robbing Paul to feed Mary? Mary. Yeah, yeah. Was that the same? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah, like that's that's our perspective. And then um, when it comes to like a scenario where a farmer has been testing with us for a while. And it's the same strain or even the same harvest slot and it's multiple batches. And they say, like, hey, like, why is this one so much lower? Like it was 22, 22, 23, and then suddenly 15. That's much more than 20% relative. Right. right. And that's a red flag to them. And that's a red flag to us. Right. Mm-hmm. So for us, that means like you should invest, we should investigate because someone messed up. Either we did on the lab side and we can. We can perform our own investigation to see, like, hey, should this result be replaced before it's even reported? Right. We're allowed to do that. Okay. Or we say, like, hey, we confirmed everything. Um, farmer, like, I think that this batch was actually bad for some reason. Now you have a reason to go look and see and, like, maybe avoid that the next time. Because it doesn't make sense that you have the same harvest and the same strain. But I have heard people say that, you know, like, it hasn't happened with us personally, but we get complaints from farmers all the time about that kind of stuff.
0: I, I, and I want to ask this to you, Andrew because you've been in the you know dispensary industry and and you've been there in front of the cannabis but have you noticed that like sometimes like what he's talking about where you'll get your first batch and it'll be at 23 percent and then you know a month later you get another batch of the same stuff and it's like at 20% and then as you get to the-
1: I was actually just asking somebody the other day because I noticed, Maybe totally not scientifically, or definitely not scientifically, but I think I noticed being there, at, you know, as an intake person for a while, yeah, um that the later results were often a little bit higher than the oh, interesting. first. Oh wow, ones. And I I mean no. You know records or whatever, right, but right. I just, just seem yeah. to remember going. Oh, I'm excited for whatever the next batch tests at, because maybe it'll be higher. Yeah, and often, especially on the, <clears throat> pardon me, the outdoor grows. I I seem to remember watching the test results creep up. Okay. as more batches came in, which were obviously from the same
0: probably lab right same testing well yeah same
1: lab but i mean like from the same season maybe not harvested at the same time maybe that was it right like uh, they could have pulled the the tops and then let the lowers go for longer like some people do maybe they could have harvested one section and then another section of the same strain went for longer because they didn't have the means to pull it who knows why but i i do remember stuff like that but that Maybe
0: other things are going on. Yeah, too. There's, there's a lot of ver- <laughs> there's a lot of variables there. Um, there's a thing going around that people say, "Well, my tops test higher, the lowers mm-hmm. test lower," mm-hmm. and so as you know, who knows? I don't know. I, just I would love to see
2: that. Like, I, I'd uh, be great
0: to work with
1: someone to actually do, do that. Like, do like some know testing. the farm is yeah. going. No, no, no. I'm. No one's trying to pull anything over on anybody. We are trying to get to the truth of this. Right? Sure,
0: sure
2: because yeah. then you couldn't potentially like make like your primo batch like this is just all your tops and then um well you know, and it
0: seems like there's some manipulation there that could happen like if they if you realize that then you know could not you charge more up front like in a dispensary be like yeah this test is at 25 percent, so i'm gonna sell it at 14 a gram that's you know I've, and then all of a sudden it starts testing lower and lower and you're like whoa 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 whoa,
2: right oh like they'd already made an agreement yeah i didn't think about that aspect mm yeah i mean yeah that's a that's a sales issue i guess (laughs) yeah yeah. then what
1: are you gonna do for your next round they're not gonna want to come back to you right that there you go
0: there you go there
1: you go Um, yeah it is uh it's wild to you know having worked with this guy and listened to him talk about all this stuff and explain it to me i'm flabbergasted at how many places things a could go wrong b could be manipulated and i'm not even talking about like really nefarious stuff i'm not talking about straight up the switcheroo or something right, right, just like right. wow there's so many as you were saying things stack right
0: right variables and in.
1: so when it comes to that 19.99% thc won't sell but 20.01 will just a couple of
2: little variables
1: yeah you, could change that i don't know how it just it's you know yeah
2: could okay. change that and Bottom, go ahead and like, uh, from our perspective, it's like, yeah, I hate seeing that. I hate seeing a result. that's like 19.5 or something like that. And it's yeah. like, man, like I, 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 it's like, so long as nothing else, like we have our own quality control that we have to run every single day. So if you brought in a sample and it was the only one I had to do that day, I would actually have to run six more samples to confirm that everything is performing correctly before I could run your sample and then pass off the result. And if any one of those fails, I have to either restart or do an investigation and reconfigure everything. Um, and it doesn't happen very often where you have like an actual stop work, um, situation like that because you don't know why something failed, um, or you can't fix it immediately. Um, but that also doesn't mean that, uh, as, as like the lab director, if someone comes back and they're like, Hey, like I was really like, I've tested this before at other labs and it's come back like significantly higher. Like we were saying like 22 versus 15, I can't, I don't want to just say to them, well, all of my quality control passed. That's your result. You're stuck with it. Right. If I, to me, evaluating their previous experience is part of evaluating the question of like the scientific question of like, Hey, what happened? Right. Um, so there is some play there, but we also can't just make a fully economic decision of like, I, I do want to just retest for you. Right. <laughs> it's a fine line. Like we, it's really funny because I'll have these conversations with the regulators and I'll push them on it. I'm trying to push the rules as much as I can to the benefit of the farmer so I can give them more chances at the very least. Right. Yeah,
0: uh, and I'm gonna ask this, um, Just I'm gonna throw this out here. Uh, based on your experience now with the industry, do you think that there is some manipulation with other labs? Yeah. Okay.
2: Yeah. I mean, like, (coughs) yeah, I mean, like, uh, I I had to ask it. I no, it's,
1: it's legitimate. And yeah, go ahead.
2: Just whenever, um, like we'll do cross cross lab comparisons. And, um, when you're seeing one lab is just consistently hitting like a higher ratio to what you're getting. Um, and then I've also seen sometimes where they'll be dead on if I give them a sample, but if I had tested the same sample from a farmer, then it'll suddenly be inflated for the farmer. So, I mean, and then there's always a possibility that it was just a random variation, right? Because there is that that natural variation that happens throughout the day and also just between labs. That's Mm -hmm. unavoidable. But um, it's just a clear conflict of interest, right? Like when you have, we're testing for farmers and there are clients, but we know that they will be able to sell their product if it's higher. And um, what I always tell my like chemists is that like, hey, you know, if they ever make the like soft pass of like, hey, can I get a higher result? Tell them, uh, yeah, for uh, $11,000. Because, right. because the, uh, <laughs> and that's a joke, but like uh, like that's the joking response I give them. Yes, that's a yeah, canned response. Sure. I get it. Yeah. The reason it's 11 is because there's actually something called the Lincoln Law that was passed after um, the Civil War that the um, people, the arms suppliers, were inflating their costs so that they could charge the government more And what happens is they pass this uh, False Claims Act law, and it basically says that for every data set that you report to the government, the minimum charge is five thousand five hundred dollars, and the maximum charge is eleven thousand, and it's per data point. So that's why it's like, okay, now it's not (laughs) (laughs) worth it to like inflate that one batch, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I got it, I got it. So you know,
0: it's important. Like, so you guys are working in the industry, you're testing for farms and stuff. I think it's been a concern from a lot of people that it would be nice to have affordable testing for the public. Um, mm-hmm. it's legal to grow four plants in Medford and you know, the, you know, there's very, like you said, you know, who knows, like if you used something that might've got some metals in there or, you know, cross-contamination, right, whatever your
1: neighbor's doing next door to their plants because exactly. in close proximity to yes. people when they're in a residential area uh-huh. growing. Right.
0: So what's your, what's your feeling on that? Is, is it, is it, is that something that's going to be available to the public? Is it is. It? Okay.
2: It is right now. And like uh we do have people that come in just with home grows. Um, I our most recent guy was a uh Air Force veteran wearing like the full memorabilia and stuff. He's an older guy. And um he's like, Yeah, this is my first grow. Like I just wanted to see how it turned out. And um it actually came back like 19%. I was like, Wow, like not bad. Not <laughs> yeah, bad.
0: Like, so you don't see home grows get very high? Um, on the tips yeah
2: usually it's like in the 15 to 17 <laughs> really If um
0: you if think if that's because it's an outdoor thing or I don't know um, yeah, or
1: just home growers I mean think about it a farmer's like paying attention every day if not all day to their plants right as as their income mm-hmm. while home growers are like oh I hope I get enough time when I get home from yeah. work to go pay attention to those plants and you know and also, you're I not, want to go
0: camping for a couple of days. Yeah.
1: And you're not right. getting paid for them. Right? right. Well, you're not supposed to be. I don't know what home grow No. In, well, right? I mean, but the, the point you're being, saving so money. Yeah. You're saving money, but you're not getting paid. So it's hard to think about investing, like getting the best nutrients or whatever. Sure, right. Sure. It's a home grow. It's a it's a hobby thing. It's, it's, like a,
2: it's gardening instead. Of, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and
0: I, I've always on the show, I've always pushed that's consistency. Like for me, even like I just you need to be consistent. Mm-hmm. you know and it's real hard when with you,
1: four plants to experiment <laughs> with per yeah. season while these farmers are running like a hundred of the same plants so they know same like clone. oh yeah don't do right. that to that right. plant at that time never do that never top here or never sure. boost them with nutrients there or whatever yeah
0: Home and i and i've seen like that and i've seen these outdoor growers like i mean i got a shout out indigo you know benson arbor uh um ananda um, they know what's going on. Yep. There's they, some amazing people down here. Yeah, for sure. For yeah, sure. And I
2: definitely appreciate like as I'm as I talk with farmers about like their challenges and stuff, I definitely appreciate like the craft of it. Like this isn't just like step one, step two, step three. Like there's so much adjustments. Yeah, everything else that's like, oh yeah, this is I, I suck. I suck at growing. <laughs> like I <laughs> So you've tried it. Um yeah i just aborted it i, I need <laughs> to <know. laughs>
0: well i know you grew up or
2: used to yeah
1: i actually didn't last year for okay. the first time which was nice because i didn't have to go out yeah. every day and right. pay attention to something yeah but man i like had the hankering the whole season i was just like yeah but you could just like i mean i could just put some plants out i don't sure. have to pay too much attention yeah but it made the family happy i think i am going to try this year i yeah, just am not going to go Big or crazy, I might like plant a couple late sure. things. Yeah, right. So right. I have a small thing to sure. deal with. Like I always forget when I'm planting. I'm like, go bigger, go bigger. <gasps> we have to harvest it and put it somewhere while it
0: dries. uh <laughs> What do I do? <laughs> I, I I get worried about six foot fence, man. Right. Like, outdoors, you know, I start in February, and it's like, <laughs> oh yeah, you do go for big ones. Yeah. Well, exactly. I think my tallest one last year almost hit. T- nine and a half feet i think nice <laughs> and that's really scary because it's not it's not like a a, a law issue it's you know, security yeah you know mm-hmm. it's hard the to cops keep. don't care man no exactly <laughs> but it's like it, it, you got neighbors though crackheads whatever no. i hate to say shout it. out
1: uh i won't tell where we are exactly but we are West Medford homies, All right, yeah. you know, Oregon rooted local smoke radio. <laughs> That's right, baby. <laughs> awesome.
2: Shout out. Okay. Oh, so but, wh- but to, end, uh, to like answer like put a pin on it, like the, uh, uh, you are able to just walk in and get an R and D potency. Mm-hmm. Yes. We if do. you were concerned about, um, like a pesticide that you okay. use and, um, like that same guy who the air force guy who brought in his first home grow, he had just gone into a, um, like a farm supply store and they said like, Oh yeah, use this. Um, and it'll degrade um, within like a week um, and well before you harvest. But he wanted to verify that it actually would. And uh, you are allowed to do that. The The Oregon uh, administrative rules, the OERs that we also have to be really up with to know the legal uh, boundaries of what we're doing, um, you're not allowed to do an R&D pesticide test if you're a like licensed farmer. So recreational, they don't want you doing that because they don't want to find out that like, oh, people are getting r&d tests and then just not getting stuff tested or trying to backdoor things or anything play some kind of game but if you're a home grower all that we'll just ask you is like are you a home grower um and this are these your part of your four plants in which case we can't give you the r&d test
0: interesting well can't but potency
2: anybody can get uh, an r&d
0: okay yeah and just that pesticides thing for licensed sure but can't farms do some form of
2: r&d on that like they're not allowed to do R&D pesticides specifically. They could do R&D. They can do R&D potency okay. all day. They can do R&D, uh, all the other ones. Gotcha.
1: Pesticides is the big one. Wasn't, weren't you having a conversation where they were kind of thinking maybe that
2: would just go away or something? They, they're, it's really funny because like I said, I have to talk to so many different agencies. I actually had to go through like four people before I got a straight answer about that. So like I talked to the Oregon Health Authority who accredits me. They sent me to the OCC. The OCC sent me to the OMMP, mm-hmm. and um, they finally gave me a straight answer. But they're like, "Yeah, like, there's no no reason to like stop a normal consumer that just is growing their own plants to make sure that's safe." Oh, like, good. That would that be messed up. It know? it would be, yeah. yeah. And
1: that's a, what a lot of people. I would actually think more people would be interested in that from a home consumer mm-hmm. testing standpoint than the potency. Sure, growers want to find out. But I think let's we, be honest, these uh, cute you know, Ashland uh, elderly ladies are probably pretty concerned about some of that. Sure. I mean, they're always worried about organic, all mm-hmm. of that. So I would think the consumer would want to verify that.
0: Yeah, you know? I, I think so, too. And I think it's important that, it's, that we have access to that. Right. Um, and, you know, I, I think we put too much... Uh, meaning in percentages like the whole like how much thc is in there because you know i've had like 18 percent you know some whatever and it crushed me just the same as like a donnie burger at 28 or mm-hmm. something so mm-hmm. it, I, I think there's a lot of variables in there too
2: yeah and then uh one other thing that like sort of like a it's not a set and stone thing but like we would really like to have like a home growers cup at some point right because we um i mean like obviously it's free advertising for pinnacle but like we just it'd be, i think it would be fun that for, would be awesome for, for within the valley like hey guys like who can actually grow the best just within their backyard yeah you know? that's <laughs> a good
1: idea like that's <laughs> well and think of what we could a of course you know me uh i'm always trying to build community mm-hmm. blah 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 shout out southern oregon because i think we're the greatest that's uh, right baby so oh, think of the data we could start collecting If we like put together, you know, cups like this, and we can Mm. compare that to licensed growers. There you go. Mm. Large scale versus micro tier, all of that. That's that's really exciting to to me to start putting together those sets and realize like, oh shit, home growers
0: really do grow (laughs)
1: lower percentage. Well, sure, or maybe
0: they don't. Yeah, I would like to know. I would like to know. So, I mean, is that something that you guys are going to look at?
1: yeah
2: once covid's over like yeah we've been talking we we don't want to do like some kind of remote like i you
1: know i participated in the Oregon growers cup this year yeah i remember they could not make a live event and it's cool for the farms to get their awards it was really cool to judge it obviously (laughs) absolutely but that's kind of not really the point of these things is to get the community together yeah that's right right make a yeah
2: and yeah, I'm sure an like an just event, the so. conversations would be completely different of like here's what I did to do better versus like a commercial farmer it's like, well, I have a greenhouse so like I have a much I have a lot more options a lot more a yeah, yeah for sure like, and and think of something like this it because the
1: rest of the the greater community is included it solidifies us more at the industry, right? As just like a thing that happens. Cause even more people can come out of the woodworks and be like, yeah, I grew something too. Hey, I grew something too. Shoot, you're growing right. it too. Normalizes I have no it. Yeah. idea.
0: Absolutely. And I think it's, you hit it spot on because you know, there's, there's a lot more going on out there than. Dude, everybody smokes weed. Come a, on. Per, it, a Southern Oregon. Yes. <laughs> Probably in Northern Oregon too. <laughs> So, so uh if if you guys do that are you gonna like set up the rules and kind of like yeah you know, set up obviously a we'll we'll yeah. figure
1: out the rules the judging um obviously part of the judging would be testing i think there you go you know the the main concern is pesticides yep right or residual solvents if it's a extract or, yeah, well i guess there's not.
0: well home growers can make hash and stuff who knows that's a weird a can one, of butter huh? <laughs> like, yeah that is a weird one uh but you can i've been doing it for years yeah so. um without pressure or heat
2: <laughs> right, right? Uh, then it wouldn't need that test yeah um, there's all these exceptions that they card. but anyway
1: it, i think uh it would also be interesting to do the potency of course so it's not it's cool that we have this ability to provide those tests and you know That's awesome. It could be a Pinnacle Analytics sponsored thing. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. I mean, it'd be cool to start including some of the other members of the community that are not farms or processors,
0: right? Exactly. They're not uh, recognized. Yeah. Another
1: podcast. We were talking to uh, our accountants, Calix CPA, Mm -hmm. right? They were thinking about doing events, um, bringing the community together. So, yeah, it's just another, another angle without it having to be like, the all-star you're a licensed grow
2: or yeah, whatever, right so yeah, that's like you were really cool. you're able to get in super super early and like hold yeah, that license exactly. how, shut it
1: down you know how cool that <laughs> that there's this option to be an
0: all-star home grow or
1: whatever, not right? not
0: only that but it just it gives you uh yeah it gives you the opportunity to actually promote testing your cannabis and it's that's not a business thing that's a, a, a health safety thing right And so getting more people to know that you can test and that, you know, you can, it's affordable and you can get in there and do this, do R&D, you Mm -hmm. know, that's, that's important.
1: I wonder if what may,
0: now granted, it's
1: likely going to be more for pesticides that people would do this, I would think, right? We're talking about R&D again um, and, and regular consumers, not licensed businesses doing this. But I wonder if the public knew more about this R D thing, if they would do some like double checking on, <laughs> on the businesses, yeah. right? Like, oh really, thirty-five <laughs> percent. Right. Why don't I take this little sample myself <laughs> to the lab and see who's Yeah. That could be, you know, a, a self-policing thing. That could make the community take care of itself rather than waiting for regulators to catch up on this stuff. Cause that is always the last step, right? Like the industry starts doing things mm. <laughs> then somewhere way down the line regulators are like you what now and yeah. we've got to govern that oh shit! all right
2: right just today we'll try
1: to figure that out and they never have any clue what's really going on they're p- playing catch up with trying to understand even right like their understanding is always like the lowest common denominator of understanding because the industry, it like the information trickles from the front to the back, sure. and we're running into things they don't even know about.
2: Yeah, like uh, it's funny because depending on who you're talking to, like the ODA will tell us like, "Do not give advice." Like, and it's like, "Well, I'm a testing lab. I need to know the regulations." Yeah, and the farmer is fully justified in asking me, like, you know. Yeah. Um, so like, we always just perceive everything. We're like, this is not legal advice, but then we again give them the advice on the regulations. And just as an example of something that was really funny that came up just today, um, we had a um, recreational grower who he had uh, two batches that were 15 pounds from the same harvest and they were the same strain. And I told him like, hey, you actually have an option to composite them, um, to save you money on a test. And uh, I didn't, I wasn't sure like, how do I enter that into metric because metric and all of its package tracking, especially when it comes to submitting packages for testing, it's like new rules again. Yeah. And so uh, it's weird. It I is was like, weird. Yeah. I was like, before I screw this up and they have to call them and have them like unlock it and stuff, let me just call metric and then ask them for this particular case. And then they said like, uh, yeah, like actually you don't have to make a new package. That's not required. And I was like, okay, because your own guide says that you do. I'm asking right. you to tell me how to like that. That yeah. was the question. <laughs> <laughs> and then, um, uh, I contacted the OCC and they are like, Oh, well, I contacted the lab guy at the LCC, and he's a great guy. Like, He's very helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, I can call him up and he'll always answer. Nice. And, um, and he was like, yeah, like actually you should, you should call the OCC metric specialist cause they're like they're in Oregon. They're not just like the metric company. Like sometimes you'll call them and you'll get it, like Georgia. Sure. And, um, So then I called them and uh, they did give me a straight answer, but it was really funny because like I went back to the OCC rep and he didn't know that you could composite for potency. Uh And I was like
1: five years in to this industry and like, and they didn't know know. about this because yeah, that's a
2: whole other
0: other subject there.
2: And the the part of it is because there's like guides that the agencies will put out Mm -hmm. of their interpretation of the law. But like, and and it's nice because they're putting it into plain language rather than reading the original OERs. But then other times it's like actually the guidance might be slightly contradictory. Uh, sure contradictory. So yeah. it's like
1: Isn't that nuts though? That yeah. we could be we're a new <laughs> lab who happened to run into a situation where we're like, Oh, this law says this. This guy could combine his two fifteen pound batches and not have yeah. to pay for so much testing. Right let's ask how we do that and they're like oh we don't know we've <laughs> never run into this before yeah. five years five and years we're still into still untangling yep. these regulations you know
0: makes you wonder if colorado or any other places that have went fully legal like that that uh, like are they running the same problems yeah mm-hmm. i i
2: was speaking with um uh, like a finance company for getting some new testing equipment mm-hmm. and they're uh, familiar with the regulations across multiple states because they, it, for them, it's an assessment of risk. If the regulations are changing too rapidly for the labs, mm-hmm. then the labs could be folding because they can't keep up. Right. And he, he said that that was actually a major problem in uh, Oklahoma in particular. Um, but he said that Colorado is probably the most established of the states. He said Oregon's up there also. Um, oh, that's big, good. Yeah. A big problem is in California, it's more like a, a fraud issue that's been happening frequently. And then also, because of California's like stricter lockdown rules. Um, and then also just like bigger bureaucracy. Sure. That's, that's one thing I really appreciate about Oregon that I can just call the OHA guy that did my inspection and he'll take my call and and like answer questions for an hour. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. right. Um, I can call the ODA person I uh, Mm -hmm. was first introduced to. And in California they have such a big bureaucracy that the labs, they can't provide testing until they get their accreditation. And he told me that just last November, five labs had to fold and go bankrupt because they were waiting too long and they just couldn't keep burning money. And it's like, yeah, th- there has to be a medium, you know, between like sure. overbearing regulations versus no regulations. <laughs> yeah,
0: absolutely. And I do I don't want to sidetrack off that. I just want to let people know out there that if, if you are a personal grower or private grower, uh, you know, getting your cannabis tested is pretty important. Um, and, and I'll just say this real quick is like I had a story where this guy was using blue mats a watering system. Mm-hmm. Everything was fine. Great. But he used these little metal clips that, Oh, okay. Yep. And it leached a bunch of lead and arsenic into his plant. Not a bunch. It, it, yeah. it, it wasn't no. passing though. Yeah. And so that's the thing is like, you don't know like cross contamination. You don't, you gotta be very careful. I've used tomato cages in the past. And I'm like, <laughs> was that safe? Right, yeah, you know, because it's different eating a tomato than it is and smoking.
1: Right, smoking does different things to different chemicals. Yeah, inhalations completely different for food consumption. Exactly. So actually,
2: it's interesting for the um, like for the safety aspect and like the difference between smoking inhalation versus consumption. Um, The way that Oregon came up with the pesticide limits is they asked the only labs that were accredited under the uh, medical program at the time, and they said, "Hey, what's your limit of detection?" and they said okay we have these three results for this uh for mgk all right we're going to average it that's now the safety limit it's actually the the very edge of what they were able to see quote unquote with their machine okay. at the time so that actually caused the labs to have to put pressure on the vendors to say hey we need better equipment because i don't want to just say like is it i, I it's kind of like uh you'll see loq on uh, potency results and okay. like a common one is like 0.1% cuz okay. that That's good enough that I can say like, yes, that's hemp or not. I I wouldn't want to have a 0.5% LOQ. That wouldn't make any sense because then I would only be able to test weed. Um, So it's kind of like saying they had started at that and then uh, the vendors started saying like, oh, we're going to make the... Of the the testing machines. Yeah, the vendors of of those chromatography machines would say like, oh, we're going to give you a device that's now 0.01%. And now you'll know like, oh, that 0.1% safety limit for like uh, a pesticide you can actually say, oh, it's 0.04. So it's under the safety limit, but we did see it, hey, just so you know, like you as a consumer not can now make that decision, right? Sure. Whereas like, yes, no, like is less information, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that's one interesting aspect that's kind of changing.
0: Now, I'm going to throw this out there because I got to know since testing lab. Um, so OLCC doesn't require testing for... Um, uh, for mold, mm-hmm. it's just water content, right?
2: Yeah, Not water yet. content and water activity. Okay. Um, and
0: so, what's can you kind of explain that? And what's your feeling about that? Should we be testing for mold? And if we did test for mold, like would it be a whole other spectrum of stuff? Or
2: right? Um, so there's, I, I'm a like my background's in chemical engineering, mm-hmm. uh, so the biology stuff less familiar with. I have to resort to my uh, biochemist, but. Uh, yeah, it's really strange because mold is a required test, but it's only a required test in the sense that like the state has to ask of it. So they would have to actually say to you like, "Hey, uh, I know it's your this is your farm, and I want you to test this batch." And so it's not actually a requirement, right? Um, they are looking at changing that in the next year to year and a half is what Great. the regulator told me. And that does yeah, absolutely. Like it should be a required. I mean, you test. don't want mycotoxins? I was talking to exactly.
0: Some, I don't. I was talking to someone the other day, and they're like. Oh, they were making concentrate. Oh, well, it kills the mold. I'm like, you can't kill a poison. Right. You know, it's the, the mycotoxins will still be in there. Yeah. Am I correct? Yeah.
2: Um, it depends. I, I'm not sure about like the thermal stability of mm. some of those, um, but aflatoxins and mycotoxins, that is the first thing that they're looking at for making a required test. Okay. Um, and uh, the nice thing about that is that sometimes you can combine that run within the pesticide run. So the pesticide detection detection equipment, um, like it's still a chrom- chromatography on the front end, but then the back end, it's actually like a, a vacuum chamber. It's a series of magnets that like direct these ions in crazy directions in order to fil- filter them out and then select for only the ones that you want to detect. Um, it's kind of fascinating. I like sounds vac- super simple. Yeah, <laughs> it's actually funny because it's it's uh, it could some configurations are considered a magnetic bottle. Like if I wanted to, I could say, hey, let's stop aflatoxins to just hold them. oh wow yeah interesting and um in that sense it's actually closer to a quantum experiment because that's what they'll do they'll hold charge particles in physics and then like hit it with lasers and stuff Mm -hmm. so that's why these things are like that's why pesticide tests are the most expensive tests i see because that capital cost is like five times more than a potency analyzer which is just the uv light on that detection system Mm -hmm. um but yeah getting back to the aflatoxins, mycotoxins, we do see that coming and then also heavy metals like that's still not a required test which is silly like California did it first and it's like yeah like yeah. it should be a required test because we know that uh cannabis will just like suck up
0: everything every it's a yeah Concentrate concentrates yeah sometimes. I mean you can clean up the soil right so with cannabis. yeah it's a, pretty much
1: a uh, little info on that um for Oregon farmers who are interested I guess they they have been talking about this for like about a year now I think um so the discussion has not gone away it seems like they are indeed going to go for Heavy metals, microbiologicals, and mycotoxins. Oh, good. Um, And within all of that, so farmers that are concerned, yes, that is extra testing costs, right? No way around it. More tests are being run. Um, But I know some people have been in talks with regulators just trying to hash this all out, pun intended. Um, And right now we have 15-pound batches, right, Uh, for the OLCC farmer and they're looking at California has 50 50 pound right. batches um, they're looking at increasing the batch size for Oregon farmers so that it can offset the testing costs right? right so California has 50 we actually in the state of Oregon all seem to operate in those blue totes which fit, fit mm-hmm. about 15 pounds right <laughs> right yeah, yeah so they're looking at maybe doing 45 pound batches I see um, not I don't know that for sure, but I've heard from people who are involved in those discussions. Uh, So if you have anything to say about that and you're a farmer or somebody who's listening and interested, please contact, uh, I guess that's the OLCC, the ODA. It is the OLCC who's talking about this stuff. They would be the ones to add it in. To that
2: law, they do it in is conversation it? with OHA. Yeah, uh, okay. they have a regulatory like uh, what's called like a uh, rule planning commission. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and they they'll invite labs sometimes or like uh, certain other interested other licenses, f- interested licensees. Yeah, yeah. Um, but what you're really telling me is that we need to start a new company that will fit exactly 45 pounds in a tote. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know why yeah. we're doing all this high cost <laughs> stuff. We could just make
1: plastic. There you go. That probably costs a lot of money to get started, too, huh? And,
0: yeah. and one other thing I have to throw out there um, is that even recently we've come into situations, like you said, it's been what, five years, six years? We've five been legal. years in July, we yeah. will have been legal in Orleans. Legal, and we're still operating s- legal.
1: It, it actually yes. went legal in 2015, but licenses started to happen. Got you. Right? Okay. Because so, I was like, I was personally
0: growing like, as soon as that date hits. Yeah. So, <laughs> well, before that. I but, was going to say. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> anyway 20 years ago statute of limitations <laughs> yeah, there you go. um but no um, but we're still seeing products that are being put on the shelf that have undisclosed ingredients or mm-hmm. harmful ingredients i mean do you have any opinion on that like just just recently true terpenes uh, has got an olcc investigation for yeah, yeah. Um, and it's like five years really we're still we're still doing that you know what i will
1: give the what's the reverse devil's advocate i'll plead the the case yeah um i would say that's because oregon has been the most open industry uh, or like has the lowest ceiling for entry barrier to entry right Mm -hmm. um So what that means to me is that lots of people at any level have been able to obtain licenses Mm -hmm. in this state Mm -hmm. uh, at any economic whatever level, right? Mm -hmm. Colorado is all vertically integrated. Hardly anybody can get in. Um, I think that that would have been super duper burdensome on these companies just getting started, especially because we were the third state to legalize and nobody had uh there is no national standard Mm-mm. okay we're not going under FDA standards for like labeling and testing and i personally watched many companies have to they like purchase 10,000 labels from china and by the time the labels got shipped the laws for labeling had been changed again right and then they're sitting on 10,000 labels and that's the end of their company for, I mean, an expense that big when you're a startup, tiny mom and pop company. So sure. I'll say you're right from a consumer safety standpoint, wish we could have done everything perfect right off the bat. Sure. And we have actually switched FDA guidelines in Oregon mm-hmm. for a lot of the labeling. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but on the other hand, how many companies could have gotten how many small companies could have gotten started without much capital if they would have had to have gone all out on this craze, and if the state would have had to research that and then pass the costs on to the licensees to to figure out how to get that all done i think it was a, a give and take from both those sides that led to a happy medium and made oregon one of the best states for uh, an open market industry sure. kind of like the closest to a free market close yeah <laughs> out yeah, of any sure. of the other states yeah, so there's sure. my argument for for that whatever. Yeah. what do you think about having those labels on there do you think they mean anything really uh, that help consumers make any informed decision whatsoever <laughs> when I look on the back <laughs> of a stupid thing and and they don't have to report the rat poison because it was less than whatever yeah <laughs> that, I mean, yeah that's
2: the thing I think that a lot of that would be remedied if, um, if they had access to like metric, right? Like if it wasn't just I mean, like consumers
1: that I like for my kombucha, I can go into <laughs> kombucha metric. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, but I mean that's kind of what
2: you're talking about because like yeah. like the example of like a pesticide that tests below the safety limit but you still detect it, like a consumer should have the right to know that. And right. We are required to put it into metric, but it's not part of the labeling. And that, Interesting. And I understand like it's it's like there's sixty. I mean, it's 59 or 58 anyways one of those <laughs> yeah. um pesticides and it's like that would be an insane label for a pre-roll or something you know <laughs> 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 really 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 fine print but. Tenfold fold out <laughs> <laughs> but you would think like um, that in principle like the public should just be able to have access to that system if they wanted or if they wanted to make an account mm. um, in order to see like hey I I just want to verify that this is a reputable lab cuz then uh, that's why they'll also recall test results whenever a lab's gotten caught for fraud. Like they try to do that, but then you also don't, if I knew that a lab had done something on this other batch, like I would just immediately assume like, okay, I don't want to take anything from that lab. Um, and then it's tricky because I believe that all that shows up on the uh, final label is the um, potency testing. Yeah, I think no, so. Yeah. yeah. For right. The, for but, the consumer, it's just potency. Yeah. yeah. But right. I'm saying like the lab, as far as, uh, like the tested by portion
1: they on this particular label it's a QR QR code code. I'm not sure if that's quite compliant but it takes you to the the lab results right but then like there's
2: a
0: COA or whatever yeah
2: right but like uh, my point was that there's subcontracting between labs and like we have to do this because the pesticide machine is uh, something that we're looking at acquiring right now Um, like I said we're a new lab that's growing Um, so if we report the results as the main lab then it's not Access uh, the consumer won't have access to know, like, oh, the subcontracting lab also tested this for this other safety aspect, right? Um, but if they had access to metric, then they could see all of that. So yeah,
0: that's it's a good point. You think that'll ever happen? I mean, I that's so much
2: for every consumer
1: yes. food type product, it'll never happen with the label. But, but I will say this check this out metric for all of you listening who may know a thing about metric and. <laughs> do or do not like it yeah is a strawberry tracking software from florida strawberry it started on strawberry so there was some sort of something going on there with the food Mm -hmm.
0: tracking aspect yeah interesting so yep here's the deal you guys started up you got hit hard by the damn fires okay after
2: after coronavirus (laughs) yeah i mean (laughs) corona
0: Fires like Southern Oregon got hit hard. Actually, even, even middle or even Northern Oregon got yeah, hit hard on I-5. Year, man. Um, so you guys are coming back strong.
2: Yeah, um, we did like a short advertising campaign. We're a little bit different from a lot of labs that we actually have a functioning website. Like, I'm just going to talk about some of the stuff that Andrew accomplished. Yeah, really. does, let's Aww, talk thanks. about what separates
0: you guys from everybody
2: else. Yeah, um, so I feel like because there were a, Um, a lot of labs that entered early, they were started by scientists, which is great. Um, but then as a scientist, we kind of get snooty about like the marketing and the business stuff. Like we think that that's all unnecessary and, and in principle, it kind of is like you have a captive market. Um, but we try to be like the business side, customer service side also. Um, so people are always welcome to stop by. Uh, we're located behind Lowe's. It's easy to find in Medford. Okay. Um, and I'm always happy to give people like, a Educational rundown because for me a more educated customer and farmer is like a better customer um, okay. Whenever an issue does come up like they can understand like oh, yeah, like uh, this is actually making sense to me I'm not just getting blown off mm-hmm. um, I originally got my PhD because I was interested in becoming a professor and I went a different route afterwards obviously yeah. But uh, I still just love to teach so for me personally, that's how I like to interact with uh, farmers. Yeah, Um and then if they ever give me some kind of tip like, oh yeah, like I'd use this one nutrient. And it just didn't work out. Like I'm always interested too. Um, cause I don't know any, everything, you know, <laughs> like, um, so that's one aspect for us. We also try to be really easy in the way that you get your results communicated to you. You don't have to make an account, We just email you directly. If it's an R and D test, we'll actually text you your results directly to your phone. Oh wow. Nice. Um, which is, it was actually feedback that we got from the, um, hemp, uh, community. More so for the wholesalers, like the, the guys that were just always on the road and uh, coordinating mm-hmm. material between farms and extractors, and they're working from their phone all the time. And they're like, hey, like, I hate this, like trying to log in, download a PDF and then share it with someone else. Can I just get like an image? Yeah. And then just text it immediately. And I was yeah. like, yeah, like, I, I wrote my own like program to make that happen. Um so there's a couple of little He things. wrote his own program. <laughs> no, yeah, no joke. You, you
1: would think <laughs> whatever, no big deal, an image to text, but all COAs come in PDF form, right. which phones don't share. So he made it so that there's a PNG.
2: So like a lot of labs, a lot of labs will rely on software. That's uh, for like, it's called lab limbs, laboratory information management system. And it's prepackaged software. And then... It allows them to say like oh we do all the regulatory tracking like i know who sampled this who tested it who prepared it everything because i don't know if people are aware of this like when it comes to the paperwork for the lab it's unbelievable we have to be able to reconstruct the story from like cradle to grave of like who picked up that sample who made the request uh when when did it arrive when it was it prepared what solvents was it prepared with did we check the balances that day is that signed off everything has to be created uh and stored as like that full record and story of that sample for five years um so a lot of people rely on these laboratory m- management systems whatever um and we had tested a couple out early on but it just tied our hands so much when it came to the actual reporting which is kind of like our product like mm-hmm. we wanted to have like a nice like professional looking report not just like an excel table right you now yeah um, and so part of that was me making my own program that will generate those COAs and make the PNG so that we can just send it directly to the person's phone. That's awesome. There's a
1: certain company and out there. Go ahead. And I was, yeah. Uh, there's a certain company out there. I won't name any names, but yeah, most people store their results for their buyers to see on this website. And I used to operate there for talent health club. We always had to have copies of the test results for whatever so hard to navigate and access what you're looking for mm-hmm. and especially once the farmer's grown the same strain or whatever for several seasons or runs like just impossible to deal with i was blown away because f- i got to see that side before and when i realized like no way you guys are just gonna text results to people like that is so much easier
0: yeah than, yep well and people you know operate off their phones yeah
2: no they
1: really do it was a simple fix that nobody had done yet for For some some reason yeah
2: yeah and so there's that and then there's also like i said whenever it comes to conversations with the regulators like i'm always trying to advocate for the farmer like see hey as a lab like i can push this rule right like i can uh, like i said like compositing um uh, batches even though it loses me money like i want to like tell the farmer like hey like you're able to save money this way it's an option for you right right um my mom was like super frugal (laughs) so it's just like was a coupon clipper and everything so that's why i have like no qualms about like yeah let's save you money (laughs) so that's
0: good that's good because uh you know that it's just that's good that's awesome testing is expensive you know
1: it really is it's it's obviously a cost that every farmer kind of doesn't even that they can't think about anymore because it's there whether or not they know but they don't be, like it yeah. It sucks you know
0: yeah and, and it's good like i said that you you know that you provide like even private not even i don't know what to call it but you know personal testing so
1: yeah i th- i think there's this sense that people are because as he said it's a captive market you are required to test you cannot sell your product without it we get We as labs get to just sit here and do do that, right? Right. But the feedback from farmers is, dude, you already know I have to test. You don't give a flying F about me. I go to the back of the line because somebody paid for the 24-hour rush. I've been a customer for three years. It doesn't matter because you got a line of customers out the door, so I'm no longer important. Mm -hmm. I think whether they meant to or not, labs have lost the – service aspect of it it is a service it's a right. testing service yeah and,
2: and so that's one other thing that's like unique about us because we are newer and we're a smaller team um like just to be honest like we don't have a line of customers for every single day like we don't have huge batch um batch queues mm-hmm. they're just waiting for more tests so i can i kind of understand the attitude of the lab director that is getting a complaint from one farmer for one low potency result he's thinking like hey i have like a, almost 100 more samples i need to run today because we have uh like just a lot of throughput that we're going through. And so they're thinking like, well, all my quality control passed, so that's your result. Yeah. And um, that's kind of where things get lost. And like, we know that we're, as we're growing, we're going to hit this point where we have to decide like, okay, do we keep the team small, where everyone that goes and samples is either like a chemist or technician, they can actually speak knowledgeably about the science of it. Mm-hmm. And I also like that aspect too, because I don't want to be in front of a computer all day. I like actually going doing sampling, nice. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and we either keep it like that and then we have like a reduced clientele or we do what all the other labs do is they just think like optimize throughput let's just hire some like low trained samplers they're going to go out there they're not going to be able to answer any of your regulatory questions or your science questions and then they're just going to come back and you're going to have to call the lab it's going to be an administrator rather than a scientist that's going to answer the phone and now like you have to talk you have to go through hoops to try to get to someone that can actually give you straight answers so i'm I'm inclined toward trying to keep it like we're all able to wear each other's hats and help each other, mm-hmm. but also help the farmer if they speak to any of us. Right, but that's like uh, the pie in the sky like dream as the future goes on. Like we'll see if we can man- maintain that. You know, we
1: may just have to screw everybody over like all the <laughs> other labs. Just kidding, other labs. No, we appreciate yeah. you too and helping us uh, yeah. get figured out in this yeah. system.
0: Well, it's, it's just a matter of getting some sort of, like you said, national standardized testing that yeah. everybody you know, follows, whatever. Um, before I get into the future of you guys, I want to switch gears real quick. Okay, so just this year, uh, Oregon passed 109 and 110. Mm-hmm. Psychedelics and uh, legalized drugs. Mm-hmm. So... You know let's talk about like the mushroom thing the you know having a assisted um you know setting where you can take these psychedelics th- that might be testing i mean how th- th- let's talk all about that
2: yeah so i do want to say like i support the psychedelic measure um i am I'm excited about it like honestly mm-hmm. i think it's a great like uh like therapeutic medicine medicine um have mm-hmm. they, been lots of studies showing how effective it is in like depression and addiction um I hope that they would start legalizing more psychedelics, and but I think that like psilocybin is a great candidate to show like there's a lot of potential here. Like yeah. let's look at some of the other ones right. as time goes on. Yeah, um, it's a great gateway drug. <laughs> so, <laughs> but um, yeah, hilarious. like it's funny because when we saw that ballot measure, I uh, contacted the regulars and I was like, hey, uh, who's gonna be testing? Right, we need to know how <laughs> potent this stuff is. Yeah. Like, you, you want to really but, right, well so. that's
0: the thing is like you know with psychedelics like you know it's cannabis yeah if you get something strong yeah you get a little higher whatever mm-hmm. but you know with psychedelics it doesn't change your whole world usually right the way right. you know three grams yeah. of this might not be the same as three grams of that yeah. and your whole thing is you know changed so
2: yes yeah, so uh the yeah. they they are still finalizing the rules, They're, that's all in discussion, um, but they do plan on looking to the cannabis testing labs to do that potency testing. Um, because we knew that that was coming, when we got the second set of potency analyzers, we actually got upgraded equipment that would allow us to more easily test for um, psilocybin. Nice. And I've been like doing research in the literature, like the academic literature, to see like, okay, what, what research has already been done for uh, quantifying the potency of these, what are the other, um psychoactives that are in uh psilocybin cubensis right before
0: you go on i just want to mention this because we know that there's several what is it
2: uh there's bio Bio Biosystin, yeah Yeah. and Um, so i i don't remember i I found one paper that claimed that there were like seven right but the thing is that um besides psilocin and psilocybin none of those other ones have been isolated and tried like i see on people um it would be cool that's going to be a market just like how cbg was suddenly a big market in the hemp side right or like d8 is suddenly Mm -hmm. hot
0: interesting yeah now
2: uh but let's for people getting all
1: hot and bothered about opening your uh mushroom dispensary (laughs) let's be clear (laughs) i see where you're all going with this delta delta eight mushroom products right? Right. right. <laughs> uh yeah let's be clear that it will not be the dispensary style that cannabis is here in oregon at so least. you think
0: you think it's going to be its own thing like are you going to have to yeah be, it you, you says can't...
1: it's going to be through medical providers of of some sort and actually my sort of mother-in-law um the girlfriend of my father-in-law anyway uh, she has <clears throat> maybe even completed the training program in California To She will be providing this therapy to people She's like, like I think full, almost or did finally get fully certified To be one of those uh, therapeutic providers
2: So my understanding of the ballot measure Was that it would be like modern day shamanism Where you have to go see a psychiatrist Sure For Uh, however many sessions before the trip, then they're there with you during the trip, and then um, they help you process it afterwards over more sessions.
0: It's almost like a set and setting. It's really, yeah, you know, it gives you that, that, you know, for people especially that just, are just trying it the first time, Yeah. You know, knowing you're safe, you got someone there. That's a good thing. Yep.
2: They and should maybe ask everyone, like, have you had an edible? And, <laughs> and, and Are context, you,
0: the- you know, to, to have those sessions lead up to it
1: gives it a greater context. Yes. I've been on mushroom journeys with people long, long, long in the past, many yeah. years ago before I would... Yeah, Maybe whatever. we should look up the Statue of the I know. Right? <laughs> <laughs> no. I. Yeah. Dude. You're fine. It was less than it's whatever is the legal uh, or the, <laughs> yeah. the criminal amount in Oregon now. Well, but we, yeah. Um, it's 14 grams now. Right. Uh, yeah, but yeah, lot. I've, yeah, I've been lot. involved <laughs> in those sessions where someone was like, they had tried weed before right and then they were like oh you guys are doing mushrooms i want to do them with you and then they were changed forever and not yeah. a good like too much yeah. right because there's no lead up education or whatever so yeah i your think potential that, is there
2: to have like a bad trip that changes your personality at least for yeah. several months like i had a friend that that happened to. i
0: think so and what's what's crazy is like um you know you can if you have the right set and setting everything can be fine but it's so introspective that mm. yeah you know if you're not prepared or not aware or, or you haven't done any of that that's what i before that's the thing you might be crying in the corner for two hours mm-hmm. so but yeah i think having a good set and setting for the newbies and, and so to speak what will be a part of that proper
1: testing right to make yes. sure that dosing is not insane like obviously beginners have made mistakes with that before too right so. and also
0: too aren't mushrooms like cannabis where they absorb whatever's in yeah dude totally yeah substrate totally uh take up oh, metals yeah. and
1: stuff oh yeah, yeah. that's yeah, heavy metals, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it's like very you, important yep. you, you want to make safety
0: well yep. heavy metals pe- we all that so so yeah having that testing would be how good. exciting what dude it's a new world
1: our generation kind of gave an fu to the old ways we're like yeah you shouldn't Nah, we sh- you shouldn't get in trouble for this stuff
0: man. no and i agree you know i looked at the rules like 14 grams of mushrooms that is a lot but like if 40 hits acid holy shit
1: is that what was on there yeah. oh
0: <laughs> 40 hits acid I'm like, that That's is the
1: personal amount the yes. civil infraction amount
0: <laughs> i think it's what one gram of heroin one gram of meth and then like two grams of I don't know. I get it confused, MDMA or something, but, um, you know, all that stuff, that's, that's a personal amount and all that. I get that. Yeah. It's pretty heavy on the psychedelics, but I'm going to ask you this and, and we can edit this out of guys, but, um, <laughs> have you done psychedelics?
2: Yeah. Um, I've only done uh magic mushrooms. Okay. I haven't done any other ones. Uh, but it was, it wasn't like a life-changing experience. I, I, for me, my experience with uh, psilocybin is very much like, uh, it's like taking a, a strong edible, but without the euphoria to kind of qu- help you feel good about everything that's happening. I see. It's very like this is very intense. Even the visuals that I'll get. So I'm, I'm really sensitive to cannabis just overall. Um, if I've been smoking for a while, then I'll stop having like visuals when I close my eyes. For me, it's like the three uh, d visualizer on like iTunes. remember that? Oh, yeah, so my favorite thing is like listen to music and then just like see that. <laughs> um, but when I do that with uh, psilocybin, it's like uh it's more like ink blots rather than tie dye. so huh. it's actually like it's literally darker, <laughs> okay, And I'm doing the same thing. um so I don't know it's mm. it's for me that's just my experience and uh I definitely appreciate the potential on it though like. Is, I am, I'm hoping to do like the heroic dose with like the whole <laughs> like, guided set. Oh, and yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, for sure. That's one thing I've noticed about macro dosing, like micro dosing is one thing. But macro dosing, you've got to it, you can't it's can't
1: take it lightly.
0: Well, and you can't just do it recreationally. You have yeah. to go in with intent. And, right. And you have to make a plan, yep. you know, and you have to. You know, really make it a thing. You got a modern
1: day shamanism somehow. Yeah. In a way, it is nice. Or have a best friend. It's nice (laughs) to have a friend there who's not, you know, things like that. So setting up lighting, making sure people aren't going to bust in with their regular life stuff you know roommates <laughs> come home and
0: so true boy like, oh, work yeah. sucked
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh,
1: not cool man yeah
0: exactly exactly for sure so have
2: you done um micro dosing who me yeah
0: no i mean yeah no i'm more of a macro doser sure. i you know i'm i i like to you know maybe every couple months i'll you know do like six or seven grams at one time mm-hmm. um and you know just that's pretty macro yeah but but you know when i go into it i'm you know i've already planned it you know kids are gone house is locked you know house is clean you yep. know you know i'm i got my safe space Clint, no seriously you in the house first. yeah you should <laughs> dude i'm you're getting me off track here but listen when i'm tripping on psychedelics it, everything looks dirtier yeah huh. it's really weird and so yeah <clears throat> having a clean house Those is dilated per- pupils you're like it's seeing top. everything yeah. All yeah, yeah, the yeah, yeah 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 <laughs> but like no i mean so but i'll go in with intent so yeah. i've got the set i've got the setting and i go in with intent i always have if i'm having trouble or if i'm you know, I always ask a question in my head beforehand and it always comes back is like I get good answers, you know. Yeah. So and so I, I plan it out and I and I hit it hard. And then, you know, nice thing about magic mushrooms is that it doesn't last for what, five, six hours.
2: Yeah.
0: You know, yeah. You, you do some good uh, window pane and it lasts twelve hours. <clears throat> God i mean it's who's got that kind of time in these days <coughs> that's, that's this the is thing. 2021 well and you just have to start in the morning i guess
2: <laughs> <laughs> that's, so that's a long journey it right, is a long yeah. journey you've, you've done uh micro dosing right
1: yep little uh did it work? In, in my past i did more macro and more recently i've done micro i'll be honest i've been wanting to keep up with it i need to research it more because i've heard you're actually maybe you told me this or maybe another friend that you're actually cycle? not supposed to do it every day. Right. I was going to, I oh, got yeah, like a right, month's right. supply. I was going to have a very sure. small dose every day. Yeah. And then I heard you were not supposed to, so I need to look it up. Uh, but I keep forgetting. <laughs> like, I'll be like, Oh yes, I should do this and see how I feel in a week. And yeah. then a week will come and I'm like, I only took it that first day.
2: <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. So
1: I would like to get myself on a schedule and a plan, but I can't even remember to take vitamins or things like, yeah, so i'm yeah. working on it you know what's fun
2: I, go ahead oh uh, what's funny is that like uh, one of my best friends that uh we were in undergrad together but he also went on to get his phd in engineering and he started microdosing while it was time for his to, for him to write his dissertation and a dissertation just for like context it's like at least 120 pages of like stuff that you actually wrote it's not like a book report that you can yeah, just crank right, out right right and he swore that it helped him write so well, like he, hey, he was just flying through it, and he was microdosing. You said he was microdosing all the time. Yeah. He was like, it. he was like afraid at how effective it made him <laughs> at like his everyday. Wait, it's just <laughs> Which like made, that limitless. Yeah, it Hon- sounded like
0: that. <laughs> Honestly, though, and I don't know if you if do you play video games. I'm not not a really video okay gamer. Yeah. So that's one thing I notice is when I'm even macrodosing. You know, when I'm when I'm macrodosing, I can play a video game. And it's like my periphery like everything opens up to where like I'm not just looking at the center of field, right? I'm not just mm-hmm. looking straight ahead, yeah. like I see everything. Got the warrior's gaze. I've got, going I've got on. everything, you know. And mm-hmm. I can like I can be doing something over here and seeing over there and vice versa. It's I think there's something to it. That, you know. Yeah.
2: I think like uh why people like see it as like a really powerful way of like Thinking about the self differently. My so my way of like setting up the setting is to um, have a book that's like I, I like to read a lot, so I okay. like the literature and I also like uh, philosophy. So I'll read uh, either one of my favorite books and I'll I'll time it so that I'm like finishing it. I like the <laughs> while the trip is starting because then it, like it puts you back into like really emotional setting because like if you read a really meaningful book, or you see some like uh, meaningful art or movie that just really hits you hard, mm-hmm. you know, and you start crying. Yeah. Like, to me, that's yeah. the best way to go into a mushroom trip because <laughs> you're like, oh, sure. I just appreciate everybody. Oh yeah. <laughs> like, oh yeah. <laughs> um, so for me, it's like trying to mix like existentialism with the drug, and um, so that. On the philosophical side, my favorite thing is to like read uh, Camus. Yeah. The
1: positive side of existentialism. Let's be clear here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not the nihilistic side. Okay, yeah. continue. Yeah, um,
2: <laughs> But one of the theories for why it's so powerful, like um, psychologically, is that um, like a lot of uh, psychological disorders are just like bad brain patterns, right? Mm-hmm. Um, like obsessive compulsive disorders, like an mm-hmm. obvious one. But then like anxiety is like you're responding to the same stimulus over and over again. Like depression is often just like a thought pattern, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and they're actually talking about that as like widening out the field so they talk about like um, if your mental landscape is literally a landscape of like peaks and valleys and you're just stuck in a valley and you can't get out right but then psychedelics level everything out and allow Mm. you to see other possibilities and then maybe move into a new location but sometimes they force you right (laughs) (laughs) yeah And then move into a new location before things settle back out and that's why the like integration of the experience process is so important Yeah, cool way to
0: think about it well it is that's true
2: but then what made me think about that when you're talking about like widening out your field of vision is that i didn't know this until like a couple weeks ago there was a guy on joe rogan and um he was a neurologist and uh technically there are neurons in your brain that are i know in your eye that are part of your brain Mm -hmm. like it's not like the peripheral nervous system like your fingertips and everything. Right. 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 It's right. directly connected to your brain, mm-hmm. which kind of like speaks to the idea like, oh, you can look into someone's eyes and see their soul. Now I'm looking at ears, but like, right. <laughs> but like, uh, it is interesting that like, even while you're taking a psychedelic or just on any a drug, like your vision does change, you know? Oh, for sure. Like, and that's like, obviously your other senses do too. Oh yeah. But it's kind of funny that you were saying that it widens out what you're seeing. Well, I rather mean, being hyper-focused cause that's your normal default. Yeah. How, he, how yeah. funny
1: it's like, the cliche like oh i can see more and appreciate i can see things i've never seen before Mm -hmm. and therefore appreciate it's freaking true you can see things you've never seen before like your your eyes are just like whoa look at all that stuff yeah even closing your eyes you know if yeah yeah, no but but if it really is (laughs) directly connected like that i i can reason out why it, it does actually give you a new perspective because uh, you're sure. seeing things you were walking by every day and not noticing. Sure. Essentially, is so, how I think of it.
0: It's so self reflective, you know? That's why some people, I think bad trips aren't bad. You're just got to work some shit out some before you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, and then also, too, like, um, it also kind of shows you how amazing your brain can be. Like, there's oh, yeah. so much untapped mm. power in your brain. That you don't have access to in just regular consciousness, yeah. and when and when you go into psychedelics, you're just like, oh, I didn't know I could do this. <laughs> have you ever looked at your hand before? <laughs> Not even that. Just no, like, I know for sure. Your, I mean, your
1: like, brain takes you so many new emotional, spiritual whatever you know it's all over the place for me
2: I, uh, it's a whole new world a really common one on an edible is that i get really heightened proprioception mm-hmm. and that makes like working out great because then it's like i can really focus and actually maybe i'm imagining it right i'm high but i almost feel like i'm feeling <laughs> each individual striation oh within nice. like my arm and my back as oh, I'm wow. doing like a row or something yeah and that helps me like get really good form because i have like um joint problems uh-huh. um but then like more recently uh, i took an edible and then i was hitting a uh, double end bag because i like boxing okay i'm not great but uh it finally hit me like oh that's what they mean by like relax in order to be faster like mm-hmm. only only tense up when you make impact like bruce lee always said like mm-hmm. flow like water and all that stuff. right right and then it, i was finally able to start like let me try to do that and i was i was so in tune with my my uh, body i was able to start doing it and i was suddenly moving faster and the bag was making more noise Because I was hitting it harder with less effort. Right. And I was like, whoa. Like, (laughs) this is the greatest. I just taught myself something. (laughs) No, I I imagine a lot lot of
1: athletes speak to this. Of course, you can do the after the workout or the fight pain management stuff. But Mm -hmm. how many athletes talk about consuming before, during, you know? Yeah. Because what I, I don't. I don't know that it would technically be performance enhancing. but Boy, are they exploring that, aren't they? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, um, but, I guess it could be. But yeah, I, I sure. think you're right about that proprioception thing. I mean, that's why some people report getting really cold. because like, oh, my gosh, I had no idea it was that cold out. I was just <laughs> eating McDonald's and yeah. drinking Diet Coke and going about my day.
0: Yeah. 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 And I think I wanted to point this out before I forget. You keep talking about edibles. I You know, the importance of edibles is huge huge um for me it's way better pain management
2: oh yeah mm-hmm. like i said i have joint issues that's what like yeah that's why i actually uh, kind of prefer it um yeah most days because it's nice to just be like all right i'm clocking out um i'll take it mm-hmm. like as soon as i get home and mm-hmm. then i know that i'm gonna have a good night and go to sleep well right exactly um, and then like it'll it'll last through the next day though that's what's really interesting to me like yeah. Well,
0: that's, that's the thing too is so, yeah, it does. It's a long nice acting wide bell curve. There just um, eases
1: you in and takes you all the way. Yeah.
0: You just got to be careful because like with, with, what is it? What does your liver turn it into? 11 hydroxy, five hydroxy? 11. So hydroxy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, it's completely different than, mm-hmm. you know, what you would do if you were consuming it, combusting. And uh, there's a fine line, like kind of been, note in this but there's a fine line between pain management and feeling good and being able to wake up the next day yeah and then just seeing dragons yeah (laughs) Mm -hmm. like that's edibles for me i've pushed i pushed it so far that like it is psychedelic like it not 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 like mushrooms where you see all the geometry and stuff right right but but just like you know like i had like my wife made cookies one time and they're just little ones but it was from a really good farm really good people and the first night i had one cookie you know you know i slept well Mm -hmm. which is great i didn't have no pain everything was great next night i'm like i'm gonna take two Mm -hmm. i'm i woke i took them at nine i woke up at midnight and i had to go to the shower because it was freaking dragons like (laughs) yeah
2: for me uh i i i for me that was an experiment i actually took an edible and then intentionally took a nap I was like, what's it like to not ease into it? Just wake up and go like, what's going on? Right, right. And that's actually like, for me, what happened is like, I I had like a, you know, you can have like a waking dream where you're locked into your body almost. I had that happen. And I I thought that I saw multiple versions of myself like running across my bed and like, like there are different aspects of my personality. And I was like, I have to get them back into me. Otherwise, I'm going to be like (laughs) dead. (laughs) And then I woke up and I was like. Okay, that was, that was a little bit too intense of an experience because you don't right. know how you're going to wake up. You know? No, and the other
0: thing too is you can get a hangover. Yeah. I mean, you can, if you take too much, you might be in bed for two days. You know, it's like yeah. a sleeping pill. You're just like, uh.
1: and the dehydration
0: aspect of yes. edibles is, water. is bigger. Yeah. Water is huge. Water is huge. Um, but I've and noticed that with psychedelics too. Just yeah. keep hydrated. Uh, you know what?
1: Are you awake today? drink some water yeah exactly <laughs> How about that? exactly exactly uh, am i a jerk if i say we should maybe wrap this up
0: oh i'm sorry here no it's okay oh, yeah. let's let's at wrap it up time. so what's the future for pinnacle
2: Uh, yeah so um just getting our name out there letting everyone know that we're yep. one of the only handful of labs that are in the valley um we're trying. southern
1: to- oregon where everybody grows why yep. don't they test down here too yeah
2: sure. which does mean we cut down on um Times for getting things scheduled, getting your results back to you. Um, Like I said, we try to streamline things with the uh, texting results, that kind of stuff. Um, In the future, we are going to be adding more analytes. Um, Right now, we're not really catered towards the concentrate market because we don't have the uh, GCMS, the gas chromatography. Mm -hmm. Um, But we are planning on getting that in the future and just need your business to help on <laughs> right. Awesome, so
0: let's shout out, tell people where they can find you. Are you on Instagram? What's your yep. website? Shout it out.
1: Pinnacle Labs on Instagram, right? At Pinnacle Labs, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, website, Pinnacle-Analytics.com. Okay. Some jerk wanted a lot of money or already had it or something. Um, let's see, we're on Facebook. That's easy to look up. Just look up Pinnacle, Pinnacle. Analytics okay. in Oregon. Uh yeah, where else can you find us? I think that's about it that's for about it. Yeah. social media. I mean, it like we said, most labs don't even have a website. We were uh, impressed that that was the case, but <clears> yes, we got it on the as, video here. So yeah, we want to be it, as, it. Oh, no. uh, available as possible for people to watch what we're doing, get a hold of us. You know, um, I think transparency is kind of Chris's deal. He wants farmers to know what's going on he's always talking to regulators there's nothing to you know um, it seems like farmers are wondering what labs are hiding or something you know and I think that's what Chris was talking about trying to shoot for the most accurate answer so there is nothing to hide we're not trying to pull one over on you we're not trying to test high for our friends or whatever it's Let's get the science right so that it can be fair for everybody.
2: And, that, and people are always welcome to stop by. Like I said, we're behind Lowe's in Medford. Sure. Um, and we have a ping pong table. They're welcome to come in. Yes. <laughs> That's
1: the most important part of this I whole know. podcast. We have
0: a ping pong table. Oh, no. Yes. There's a business <laughs> right come there. By. We're going to hold tournaments. Soon I'm already <laughs> showing up. Well, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. I'm going to be growing cannabis this year and I'll be testing with you guys. So thank you. That's yeah, awesome. Definitely appreciate that. And we'll that. promote that for you. um and just so you know um you know we got local smoke radio here andrew you've heard his podcasts he is all about southern oregon so why don't you shout yourself out man sure why not um
1: it's been a while since i've done a podcast but i really freaking love southern oregon yeah. i love our industry down here you know i grew up in southern california i went to school at humboldt state i've kind of seen the gamut of cannabis stuff and i think southern oregon the rogue valley just freaking nailed it so yes. i'm always you know trying to promote our valley our local uh businesses the people that we are you yeah. know here because of their family and community the family the southern oregon cannabis family so to speak um so just know that i fully approve of pinnacle uh they're totally part of the family and um i think it's important that we all keep working on you know making things more fair getting those standards up whatever so that we can make it an actual this is just Oregon right now. This is such short game. National legalization is coming. We're going to have regional branding. Yeah, and that's going to change everything. This petty, like, once we're can, I, to yeah, states, can like... I sell it for 22 or 23 or 15? Or, that That's all gone once the East Coast can buy our cannabis. So right. let's all work together to be successful and fair to each other right now that's kind of my message
0: excellent now i really appreciate it guys yeah. you know you're a powerhouse my friend i'm i'm you're you're totally for southern oregon you're about what we're about so we and up yep. podcast southern oregon Canafam, fam right that's there. <laughs> right baby that's right and pinnacle analytics check them out you got the website ask your questions these guys are awesome and we'll be we'll be there so yeah we're Uh, happy to talk to you
1: chris is actually very knowledgeable and can explain things and i'll be like i like your farm cool
0: (laughs) well as anybody listening to this podcast knows that chris you man you're awesome chris ford he's a phd he's a lab he's a lab director and uh this guy's not only cool but he's got knowledge so check him out
2: all right thanks guys